Welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. This is episode 61, and man, do we have a doozy for you all tonight. I'm joined, obviously, by Nolan. You can see him on the screen, and you will hear him in a moment. But uh, Nolan, why don't you do us the honor of introducing the other beautiful face that we have on today and the great voice that everyone will hear also in a moment here, um, and I think should be very, very exciting for all the listeners. Yes, DMB fans. Know your name well, uh, Sam Erickson, longtime collaborator with the Dave Matthews Band, photographer, videographer, director. Um, we'll get into all the details and all your accolades and um, contributions to the band. But, um, you know, thanks for joining us, first of all. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Uh, super fun for me to talk about all this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I can't wait to get into it. Um, do you uh, kind of want to walk us through your your beginnings and kind of how you got into into this business and how it all started for you? Sure, sure. Uh, I grew up in Charlottesville, uh, and uh, so that was obviously how I met some of the members of the band. But in terms of, I was just always the guy at parties who had the camera around his neck. But I, I wasn't really a photographer in in any you know professional sense, and. Um, but, you know, I, I was uh, like I said, I grew up in, in Charlottesville. I, you know, my my high school years were spent going to TR3 shows. You know, Tim Reynolds was our big, you know, rock and roll god of, of my generation. Uh, and, uh, you know, I first saw uh, Dave Matthews sing with uh, for the first time at a TR3 show uh, at, at the CNO. He, he guested with them uh, on a version of Exodus uh, by Bob Marley. Um, but, yeah, so I I uh, I was always around with cameras and, and, you know, it just so happened that I had an opportunity to hang around with the band a bit. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that turned into a really good thing for all, all involved, I, I think, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, no, in terms of personal history, like, uh, Leroy's dad was my, uh, driver's ed teacher. And, uh, that's an interesting factoid. Uh, and I just, you know, I just knew all those guys from around town, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was just a nice, a nice, comfortable fit. Yeah, sure. It's that small town vibe. I, I was lucky enough to go to UVA. So I love Charlottesville. Oh, right on. Um, it is uh, one of my favorite places, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you kind of like you said, you had your start out being that person at the bar or that person at the party with the camera, but you, you didn't really have, I wouldn't say you're, and I think I've seen this somewhere where you didn't start your photography career in Charlottesville, you kind of more blossomed um, more a little bit further up north, maybe Philadelphia and New York yeah. City. So yeah, what happened when you were there? What really made you be like, okay, maybe, you know, what were your subjects, I guess, maybe that you were yeah. shooting and what made it really take off from there? I mean, I, I had shot a few friends bands and I, you know, I just found people fascinating. I did a lot of street photography in Philadelphia. Um, and uh when I moved to New York in uh, 1993 or so, 
uh, I would often go then, you know, I was real close friends with David by then. And uh, I would go see the band. I saw them play at, at, at CBGB's one time on like a Tuesday night. There was maybe three people in the bar, the whole, you know, the, you know, the whole crowd. Um, you know, I saw them at Wetlands all the time, you know, the, those days. And I was just around, you know. And, and, and so when they started recording uh, Under the Table and Dreaming, uh, I just started going up to Woodstock and hanging out with them. And they had this wonderful group house that they were all living in. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I, I was just hanging around at first. I wasn't really like there to professionally at all. I was just kind of like, whoa, I, I just can't believe my friends from Charlottesville got a record deal. Like that was the only thing <laughs> I was, you know, was, was thinking. Um, but <clears throat> later on that summer in, uh, maybe late summer, 94, uh, the band needed some new publicity photos and stuff. And, and David said, well, why don't you try doing it? You know? And I was like, Oh, really? Like I had never like, you know, had a professional gig of, of, of any sort. And, uh, at that point, you know, and I, uh, we walked down to the meatpacking district in, in, uh, in the West side of New York city. Um, uh, it was quite a, still really a rough neighborhood at the time. You know, it was all actually still meat processing plants and like hookers that, 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 that's what was down there. But for some reason, I thought that was a good place to do, a, to do a photo shoot. I, I just loved the way it looked. I loved all the industrial. Edgy. Yeah, it was edgy. And, uh, so we just walked around this neighborhood and I took a bunch of photos and that was like the first gig that, that, that I ever had, but then they started having me, uh, go out on the road with them a lot. Um, and so I would, you know, tour and take photos and, you know, whatever. I just, it just sort of slowly built from there. There, you know, there was a trust level. There was a, you know, when, when I look back at the photos now, I think there's a real sort of romance to them because it was all new for everybody. You know, nobody had had a record deal before. I had never been a professional photographer before. It was all so incredibly fresh and new and wonderful. And, and, I, and I think the photos just reflect an innocence and a kind of, a romance that 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 happened just because of this incredible kismet of all of these people coming together like that <clears throat> that's incredible there's definitely like a, a newness to the photos where i mean it's just crazy to look back and see like young dave and mm -hmm. young dave and tim together and all that mm -hmm. i mean totally really i mean cool. they they were just such an unusual band and so many on so many levels you know i mean just from just just everything about them was like a band that nobody had ever seen before, you know, from from the instrumentation to the makeup of the band to, you know, just the music that they were making was very not like anything else that was that was around at the time. So uh, I think they really, um, you know, they really took the world by storm, obviously, with with their unique their unique vibe. And I think I was lucky enough to be a part of helping visually present that to the world. And I'm really proud of that. <clears throat> I mean, not only were they yeah. different on stage, but I feel like they're different um, than most bands off the stage too. And with you having kind of that um, intimate viewpoint into them and you're, you're shooting them at their early age where they're probably still very wide-eyed, but also down to earth. Um, mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of people describe them that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how would you kind of compare um, just being able to be at the crux of that or what do you remember at being at that crux as we're leading into you know right before you're about to actually go on tour with these guys and see them you know really in their element mm -hmm. what's like the one thing that kind of stands out to you just about the early early days there oh man i mean i i just you know 
every time they'd play somewhere, the second time they they would play there, there would be so many more people there. And I that always blew my mind. I mean, like I said, when when I saw them, I saw them at CBGB's and then I saw them at Wetlands. And I was like, wow, this room is almost half full. You know, you know, that's amazing. There must be 200 people here. This is crazy. You know what I mean? And then it was like Irving Plaza. And I was like, no fucking way they're playing, Ir you know, like, it, you know, like that, you know. And so every every new little Roseland, you got to be kidding, you know, like, you know, that, that I had that every time, you know, and I think they had that every time too. all these venues that they had heard of and, and never played before. And, you know, like, like you said, they were, um, it was new for them. And, and so you can tell that there was a real openness about them to the experience. And I think that's what the fan, I think that's what the audiences took away is that they were clearly, they were loving it. And when performers are loving what they're doing, it, it's really engaging for the people that are watching them. <clears throat> I can't did even imagine. Answer, did that no, answer yeah. your question? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we're so jealous. You saw him back when. My neighbor was like, yeah, I saw him at the wetlands in 93. I'm like, God, I can't, <laughs> yeah. seeing him in a small venue would be so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So. So that's how you got your start. What did a what did a tour look like for you? Like, I guess following under the table and dreaming, were they like, hey, you know, come out on the road with us? Was it, you know, come out to every show? What were they no, looking for? It wasn't. It wasn't all, all, all the time. You know, they'd be like, mm -hmm. you know, and in, and in fact, I never went out with them when they were in the van. I would often meet up with them and watch them all get in that crazy red van and, and just think, how can so many people fit in that one van? But uh <laughs> I would often meet them out and, and or, you know, and, and, and do photos. Uh, but then the first time I really went on tour with them was uh, in Europe in the summer of 96, actually, uh, when I went on like a three week long tour. And that was uh, quite a, a formative moment for me as well, just and, and for them, you know, I mean, it was uh, uh, there was a series of, of amazing events then, you know, uh, you know, the Bob Dylan story. I'm, I feel like I've told this about 10,000 10, times where Bob sidles into the room. He's like, you going to play that eat too much, drink too much song? Yeah, like that one. You know, uh, they're like, what? Bob Dylan knows, you know, like, you know, that ever, you know, you know, going out to dinner and like, I can't remember what city in Germany we were in, going out to dinner with Neil Young, you know, and just like sitting in some Italian restaurant somewhere like, um, you know, these kind of experiences were just like, for me, I was just like, wow, you know, like this is a whole, you know, and, and I was never going back to to the life that I had been been leaving leading at that point. I was like, I'm a, I'm a rock and roll guy now, man. Wow. I'm uh, you could have rode off into the sunset right then. But they were all in the same bus in those days. That was fun, too. Wow. And everyone sat yeah. in the lounge and played games and, you know, like video games or crazy card games or whatever. You know, just all these kind of I have all these moments now that, you know, you just can't, you know, and obviously when you're you know, been doing it this long, nobody wants to be piled in the same bus and all that. But back in those days when it was all new and everyone's in the same, you know, room together all the time, it was uh, an incredible photo subject, you know, as, as somebody who's a, a documentarian like myself, that was just an amazing moment to be able to document. <clears throat> I got to ask quick, a huge Dylan fan. So what was that moment like when he asked you to take his picture? Oof, I mean, that was, you know, because we had been told uh, we had been told that, you know, Dylan didn't like to talk to the opening acts, you know, nobody should really try to kind of, you know, chat with him or anything like that. So we weren't like the, you know, the advanced people had told us that that was going to be the deal, you know? So 
you know, he comes sidling. Like I said, he comes sidling into the room. Hey, hey, Dave, you know, hey, nice to meet you. You're going to play that Eat Too Much song? Yeah, like that one. Um, and uh, and I'm like, uh, hey, uh, I'm the tour photographer. Can I snap a quick picture real quick, you know? And uh, I snapped a shot of uh, David and Stefan flanking Bob Dylan, uh, which uh, ended up running in the Rolling Stones, like random notes, like the next week or whatever. I guess, I don't know. I don't know how it ended up in the Rolling Stone, but <clears throat> somehow it did. Uh, and then, so then the next day though, the amazing thing was that uh, the next day I was just wandering around wherever we were. I can't even remember where we were. Uh, and Dylan's road manager comes up and is like, Bob wants you to come to his dressing room today and take his picture. Um, and I'm like, you know, like, oh, I mean, I, I, I'm a Bob Dylan, you know, if, if there's one, you know, you know, desert island artist, it's, you know, it's Bob Dylan for me. So um, I was just like, oh my God. So I, I, get to, I get to his dressing room and it's like pitch dark. There's no lights on, on in it. <laughs> he won't let me turn the lights on. I'm like, will you, will you come outside with me? You know, can we walk outside? No, no, it's gotta be here, you know? So I'm sitting there and I've got this big box camera. One of those ones where you look down through the top, it's a two lenses on the front, you know? And I'm, I'm like, it's so dark. I can hardly see to focus, you know? And I'm like trying to chat with him, like I'm playing it cool, you know? And I'm like shooting at like a quarter second exposure, you know, I don't, if you know anything about photography, trying to hand hold something at a, at that slow shutter speed is good. Anyway, I left there very, very, very distraught because I was like, oh man, I've I had my dream, you know, it, you know, invitation and I didn't have the gear necessary to make it happen. Like I didn't have a flash. I didn't have any lighting with me. I didn't, you know, I just had a camera around my neck and um, I was very upset about it, but um I got one really cool photo out of it. And, and, and the, the really cool part of that story is that 30 odd years later, some guy called me out of the blue, a professor uh, in, at Xavier University. And he's like, do you realize that you took like the only cool like portrait of Bob Dylan, like the week that he had finished Time Out of Mind? You know, it's like Dylan, if you remember at that period of time, hadn't like released like a record of like new material in a long time. And everyone was like, you know, is he you know, what's happening with him. Right. And uh, so this guy calls me and he's like, I'm writing a book about time out of mind. And I saw this photo and I just really want it to be the cover image of my book, you know? And I was like, you know, so it, it just, it's just an interesting, an interesting aside that I thought it was like, you know, the most disastrous moment for me at the time, you know, and then, you know, 30 years later, somebody calls me to say they want it to be the cover of this book about, you know, Dylan working on time. Yes. Out of mind. So that was an interesting, uh, you know what what goes around comes around uh another awesome. interesting another interesting sideline to that story though is that um many years after that moment i was uh in australia with john bon jovi and uh out of nowhere he tells me the story about how he met bob dylan and he's like yeah we were sitting in our dressing room and we were really nervous and bob walks in and and then bon jovi breaks out his own dylan thing and he's like and he's like and dylan says Hey John, you gonna play that wanted cowboy song? Yeah, like that one. And it was like <laughs> word for word what he had said to us in that dressing room. And then I realized later he must have some guy who's like, okay, you're gonna meet the opening act. You know, it's Dave Matthews, and he has some song. And you eat too much. It's on the radio. You know, whatever. Or like Bon Jovi. You know, he wanted dead or alive. You know, like I think he's got some advanced guy that just tells him, uh, like you know, 
that kind of thing because and i didn't have the heart to tell i didn't tell john bon jovi that that was like literally almost word for word what he had uh what he had said to us but so those are my two interesting asides from that uh bob dylan experience well those are all-time stories <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not uh surprising at all i guess coming from him but i mean and this would be I gotta ask this for nolan's sake too um do you have a favorite dylan song or album um you know I, I go back and forth uh most of the time it's blood on the tracks uh which i which is sort of blasphemous i think for like real you know real dylan scholars are like you know it's got to be one of the three records from 90 you know 65 66 you know highway 61 or blonde on blonde you know and i love those albums too but somehow um Blood on the Tracks is the one I end up coming back to a lot. <clears throat> I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> all for Blood on the Tracks. <laughs> Nolan approved. Yes. So we're talking about 96. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't really know a whole lot about, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the things that you're obviously more famous for known about in the DMB community. Um, but with 96, you know, that's the band's breakthrough record with Crash. Mm -hmm. yep. um, it is still the highest sold all that good great grand stuff um it's fantastic mm -hmm. their sophomore record were you around a lot shooting any photos there were you in the studio kind of like you were for under the table and before mm. these crowded streets no i mean i okay. was around i visited a few times while they were recording up in bearsville again but i was not really shooting anything at that time no i don't i can't remember why i i, I don't remember exactly why i wasn't but um you know, in those days, there wasn't really, nobody really had that thought, you know, it wasn't like content, you know, we need mm -hmm. content, you know, nobody would have thought about that, you know what I mean? Like, it was mm -hmm. the before these crowded street sessions was the very first time where I had anyone from the record label call me and say, we need, you know, material, you've got to be in the studio, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, with Crash, yeah, I, was... I, I, I wasn't in the studio, but uh, I was on that tour and, and, you know. Yeah. So interesting. I, I kind of wondered, um, you know, what the answer would be there, because then I wondered, like, based off of the success of Crash, I wondered if they shifted. And like you just said, they called and they were like, hey, we need content. I'm yeah, guessing yeah. maybe the success of Crash had something uh, to do with that. But that was a huge tour. So you said you were out with them in 96 then mm -hmm. um, when they went out and promoted that album. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember anything specific. Um I've got That's one. It's credited the, huh? I've got I've got one. Did you take yeah, any photos in the Dave and Tim Luther College? Um, I took the photo? cover. I I snapped the cover. It wasn't at Luther College. I wasn't at mm -hmm. that show. Uh, it was a benefit in New York City for a theater theater company that was at Town Hall, um, and uh, our friend Alex Draper's theater company. I think it was called the Blue Light Theater Company. Um, uh, Dave and Tim did a did a benefit show for them and I was backstage beforehand snapping photos of them and then I took a live shot that they ended up uh you know sort of utilizing as the as the um Luther College cover <clears throat> that's that's perfect gotcha. for eight, for year 96 that is uh, that's <laughs> iconic that's awesome um but, yeah so you got that call asking hey come yeah. um you know out in I guess Sausalito yeah um, out at the plant uh for yeah. btcs uh yeah. so what was that like um you know getting yeah. the call going out there how long were you there did you know man what i don't remember they exactly i mean the first I, the band had asked me to come out to be there taking photographs uh and then uh i got a call uh 
from a guy called Bruce, uh, Bruce Floor from RCA. And he goes, uh, do you know what an EPK is? And I said, uh, no. And he goes, so it's an electronic press kit. You know, it's a little, little video about a new record. You know, everyone was making them at that point, you know. And he's like, if I ship you out a video camera, will you shoot some video while you're, while you're doing it? And so, you know, I wasn't a filmmaker at all, you know, but I, uh, they, they FedExed me out a camera. And then I called a, a, another buddy of mine who lived out in the Bay Area and asked him to come out and do some uh, shooting with me. And so I was taking photos and videos while we were in the studio, not knowing exactly what it was going to be utilized for beyond maybe cutting it into a little EPK, which I did when I got back uh, to the city. And uh, I showed it to the label and they were like, oh, this is really cool. You know, there's an opportunity on M MTV right now. You know, MTV used to play music. They were music television for all you people too young to, to <laughs> yeah. recall the, the Clarion days, uh, Halcyon days of MTV. Um, but uh, so they're like, there's a show called Ultrasound and, and they want to feature Dave Matthews Band, but we need a, you know, we need a uh, half hour of a film, you know, and. So, and I had maybe five minutes of material that I had shot out in Sausalito edited together. And so they're like, you know, we're going to give you money and you're going to make this film. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm, I'm all, now I'm directing a show for, you know, primetime TV, you know, and I'm like, what? like, you know, how do I do that? You know? So I'm like, well, what music films have I seen? And I'm like, I love, don't look back, you know, uh, I'm going to call D.A. Pennybaker and see what he has to say about it. So I literally just picked up the phone and I called the Pennybaker office and I was like, you know, you know, can I come talk to you about this? And they invited me up there and uh, they told me about, you know, their experiences, you know, doing the Bob Dylan uh, Don't Look Back documentary and all, all this stuff. And they introduced me to their uh, director of photography and uh, and then D.A. Pennybaker's son, uh, Jojo Pennybaker, uh, became my business partner. Uh, and we ended up this I just kind of like. I kind of tapped into the Penny Baker uh, hang and and found some some like-minded filmmakers, and we ended up shooting on 16 millimeter film. All that stuff uh, in the ultrasound thing, shot on. If you can imagine, I mean, it's it's actually hard for me to imagine now trying to shoot a documentary on 16 millimeter film where the the film's running out every eight minutes, you know, and the you know you're trying to record audio sometimes on the like reel to reel tapes in the field, you know, with, you know, like it was crazy. I mean, I, 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 you know, looking back on it, I'm like, it's crazy, but uh, that's why it has such a great look. I mean, I, you just, you know, you, you look at that footage, you've got a great cinematographer shooting beautiful 16 millimeter film of a band at the height, height, height of their, you know, creative powers, you know? Um, and uh, it, it, it turned into something that was like, you know, really, really great you know and and uh it, it it showed on uh you know played on mtv and it really i think i think that introduced them wider to a, to a lot of a lot of people you know as a as a as a band and as a kind of presence in the in the media landscape and that was pretty cool Dude, and, that, and that was your first really crack at these things i mean that's like the coolest thing that we have from dmb in the studio and they this is almost 30 years later um it, it yeah, was I mean, just, you couldn't you couldn't re recreate the circumstances there. It was just like perfect timing, you know. Um, I mean, they've done great stuff. I mean, they've done great stuff in the studio since then. I you know, but it, that particular thing, just with with the materials that we were using and the people that were working with that I was working with on that, just ended up being really special for that for that reason. <laughs> 
so okay i'm a videographer and photographer as well um do you when you get something like that are you just like i gotta film everything so i don't so i don't miss something because that's you know how i've been with in yeah. my job yeah um, i mean it's yeah that's the hardest thing is knowing you know because if you don't shoot and something happens you know uh then boy you kick yourself and then but then if you shoot too much and everyone's just burned out and over it then you're going to piss your subjects off so it's a it's a uh it's a fine balance for sure uh and but now i will say though because we were shooting on film it's self-limiting you can't shoot everything on film that's the Mm -hmm. kind of nature of film you have to pick and choose where you're going to put your quite precious resources you know so um so you know uh what would I say? Um, I didn't shoot everything, but I shot what I thought was important. They should have just released all of it. I mean, I, I, I want to see all of it. I'll watch 20 hours uh, from before oh, these yeah. crowded streets. It yeah. seems like just the coolest time to be in the studio with those guys. Yeah, it, was, it really was quite, it was really quite a, quite an amazing um, thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be chances to see more of that and you know a, a, a different look at that at some point in the future Ooh, a little tease <laughs> from mr so erickson you never we know. always like teases on you never uh, know on the podcast so <laughs> um maybe we'll yeah. let him leave it there anything else you want to say about that sam you're just going to leave us hanging <laughs> i just you know uh with 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 the anniversary coming up uh, the 25th anniversary of the record um i know that you know I obviously work at Sony Music now um, uh, and have done so for uh, almost a decade now, amazingly. Um, So I am now kind of more in the kind of, I I hate to use the word corporate. I mean, I'm not, I'm still in a very creative position, but I work for the company now. So (laughs) So you're a suit uh, now. uh, Yes, clearly I am a a suit. Uh, But um, that being said, you know, I'm, I'm involved, you know, in when there are you know, anniversary type things, especially on projects that I'm, you know, involved where I was involved with originally. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that something is going to be, you know, put out uh, in commemoration, but I honestly don't know exactly what, what shape or form or, or anything it's going to take. Well, we'll be on the lookout then. We'll be on the lookout. I'm sure it'll be your eyes and ears peeled. Yeah. To look back through some of your, uh, your original footage. Um, Going off of, uh, you know, like the height of the band, 1998 BTCS, um, you know, 99 featured some big moments for them too with listener supported Woodstock. Um, did you have any involvement uh, like in that, in that kind of stuff? Uh, I was at Woodstock 99. I was the official photographer of Woodstock 99, a, a, a dubious, a dubious uh, um, honor uh these days but yeah i was i was the guy i was hired by the label that put out the live record to to shoot all the photos for you know there there was a big woodstock 99 live package and so i was the photographer i was the photographer for that so i was literally standing on the front lip of the stage for the whole time like on the there was a little lip right in front of the stage uh 
and I was standing on that and just getting pelted with shit for four days. So, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, we got I, I <laughs> got that documentary that just came out on Netflix. You'll find like me. You'll see to watch. Me I was, over, I'm going to look for you. You'll see me all over that shit. If you just look on the front of the <laughs> stage, there was, like I said, maybe a few feet lower than the actual deck. There was an, a, a, maybe a four foot wide lip and they had a, they had cameramen standing on there. And then I'm wandering around with my still camera shooting. So, and then when DMB played, I was up on the deck uh, for for that. Just pretty mind blowing. Just to look at that, the 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 number of people was was uh, was pretty mind blowing. And at the time, I think we were all imagining that it was going to be something, you know, like oh, isn't this cool, you know? But it, uh, you know, the and it was great when DMB was there. But that weekend was a mess, man. <clears throat> as you yeah. as, it, as has been documented. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh man. Uh, but uh, listener supported was done by a different production company. And at okay. that period, at that period of time, I didn't have a, you know, my production company was me, you know, in a room, you mm. know, with the phone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, they needed a production company that had, you know, cameras that flew across the arena and, you know, you know, they, it, I wasn't geared up that it, it was another seven or eight years before I got into the live concert, uh, filming business which i'll talk about i'm sure when we get to like the dave and tim stuff and the you know europe 2010 and all that kind of stuff so i mean we could do an entire podcast just on woodstock 99 i mean that that (laughs) is i did not know that you were like the guy for that that is so so awesome i mean i don't even know how how you feel but i mean this seems like a huge couple of years for you so you do the coolest thing that's ever happened in music, which was the BTCS documentary. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and then Woodstock, close second. And then you start working with a bunch of other acts too. So you've started, yeah. I think you were um, Santana, P. Diddy. I mean, who was huge then. Nelly was coming onto the scene, yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah. John Mayer. I mean, and what is that like? You go from the this tiny band in Charlottesville to their stardom. And then you're starting to work with others that are reaching stardom, have reached stardom. Yeah. 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 What was that like? Really, really, really exciting for me, obviously. I mean, you know, like I said, you you can tell by the longevity of the relationship I have with DMB that I love working with them and and, and all that. But you can't work with the one band your whole career and and one band can't work with one director or photographer there. You know, it just doesn't work like that. so for me, it was unbelievably gratifying that, you know, the success that I'd had with uh, Dave Matthews band uh, meant that other people and other record labels and other, you know, artists were taking notice and, and calling me. And yeah, that was, uh, was a very exciting time. Um, you know, when I look back on it now, I, I realize there's sort of three bodies of work that I'm really proud. I mean, I'm proud of all the work that I've done, but, but I, I realize now that I got to see three beginnings in a really, uh, really unique way. Uh, and obviously DMB we've talked about, uh, you know, but John Mayer came to me uh, via Michael McDonald, who had been the road manager for Dave Matthews band for a long time and a good friend of mine. Uh, and he became John's manager. And similarly, John just needed stuff. He needed, he needed photos, he needed videos, he needed, you know, so I was, like oh this i know how to do this you know now now it's like i've had an experience like oh an, a rising artist you know and i actually rode around i did ride around in a big red van with john and his crew uh for a little while uh playing tiny little like coffee houses in like boone north carolina and shit like that you know what i mean like oh. <laughs> uh you know um uh and uh 
you know, I watched a similar kind of thing happen where people would just get hooked in. I mean, the music was totally, totally different, but the, but the response and the growth. And I think I had kind of a warped sense of the music business at the time. It's like, Oh, any band I work with is going to turn into a big star, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it, John was a totally different sort of artist, you know, but he had a much, he had a much more advanced development of, what he was trying to say as an art, like not as an artist, but like as a, as a person, you know, as a subject, you know, he, he had a, he had an, he had a whole vision for how he wanted to present himself to the world in a way that was pretty interesting. Uh, and, it, you know, that continues. I mean, he's a very innovative, interesting, you know, smart cat who knows a lot of really, really interesting, cool people. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing him come up and I, I, I did his first ever music video, uh, no such thing. We, we, we filmed at the Georgia theater, uh, and, uh, got a little VMA nomination, got to go to the VMAs for, for that year. That was fun. Uh, and then I did that, uh, any given Thursday, um, doc, uh, you know, concert film for him. That was the first time I did a, a concert, you know, like a proper concert DVD, you know, uh, wow. again, shooting on film, uh, which, you know, you, you have six cameras. If, a few of them roll out at the same time, all of a sudden you don't, have, you know, you have three cameras and you got to make that work, you know, and then people are running around bringing more film. It's just crazy the way to think about how we used to do these things, but the, the look and the feel of it uh, are, uh, you know, stay with you. It, it's what gives it that classic, classic look and feel. But uh, the other, the other third group that I really, really loved working with was my morning jacket, you know, and, and, and just really got an intimate, knowledge of of those guys as people and as a group and i you know similarly got to spend a lot of time in studio with them and touring with them and i did uh their concert dvd okonokos which is probably like you know one of the just coolest funnest things i ever i ever got to do as a as a director so yeah looking back on it i'm like wow i really got some unbelievable experiences of seeing artists fresh out of the, you know, create, you know, out of the box uh, and, and, and watching them just sort of blossom into these, you know, the people that they are, you know, uh, and, and that was, uh, I guess I was good at that. I was good at helping people say what they wanted to say and, and, and present themselves. You know, that was, I think I was a sociology major in, in, in school and, and I, and a observer, social scientist, I think I'm a, um, for whatever reason, I just, it just, I think I was a good person for some of those artists to, to be around at those, at those formative stages for, for whatever reason. That's a, that's a great point. I'm going to hang on to that for a second, but I did want to say any given Thursday is one of my favorite DVDs and it has like one of my favorite guitar solos. Oh yeah. The ever. covered in rain. <laughs> you better, you yeah. better believe it. That now, thing okay. is now, captured that perfectly, man. That thank is... you. Now uh, I will give you Jojo Pennybaker all the credit for that uh jojo i hope you get to see this sometime but he stuck on that shot and i'm sure you know the shot i'm talking about the oh, yeah. side shot uh, on the fret like jojo doggedly stuck on that shot i think i was even like move jojo move. and he stayed you know i'm glad he did uh <laughs> yeah. because i think that one shot lasts for and I, I think that's what's so beautiful about shooting on film again like i said you have to you have to make some aesthetic and you know you know resource choices because you don't have you know, 800 cameras that are shooting videotapes or even sh now obviously shooting to, to chips and stuff, you know, so uh, you get, you end up, the, the concert film is a sadly uh, kind of 
dead art form or or diminishing art form that, that the classic concert film you know what i mean uh now there's lots of other really cool things like now you can you know couch tour and watch every show you know live and shit that's mind-blowing but you'll never have that like here's a show that we're going to actually decide to really fucking trick out and make look really cool and hire great people to conceive of how it should be presented and you know and mix it in the way that you know because as much as couch touring is cool again it's unbelievable that you can follow your favorite bands like that you hear them not at you know they're you know you're not hearing the art presented or you're not hearing or seeing the art presented in its most you know ideal form is all that that's all i'll say is back when i was a kid (laughs) sorry to be you cranky old guy over here no the the, you should have done one like a uh, a month and a half ago they should have had you at radio city goose featuring trey anastasia i heard that father john misty Mm. oh Oh, i mean that weekend was billed they they had you i guess you're you're in new york right like you're you're probably close by Man, they they should have mm. had you over there producing mm. that. That would have mm. been that would have been something. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to ask since you mentioned you know studying sociology, studying people, um, and just all these different eclectic personalities. When you've got, I mean, you got people like you said, John Mayer, and then Dave, um, and the band in general. Um, P Diddy, then, like I work with. All oh, that's who I was going to ask. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you had like P Diddy, and I think you have some pictures of him in the club. Like, what yeah. is that like? Yeah, that, <laughs> late nineties P Diddy. I mean, I, I'll tell you that I was. Um, that was quite a different turn of events for me. You know, I, I got a, a call. I can't remember who called me originally, but like, the deal with him is that he, at least in those days, I don't know if he still does this, but he wanted a photographer with him all the time like if you weren't taking pictures of him it was like why aren't you taking pictures of me like you know like i have pictures of him getting pedicures you know i have pictures of him you know like th- this kind of shit you know and i'm like and he would always say where my photographer at that's when i knew it was uh it was it was uh my time to uh that's so you. He, he, that was me for a little while but and they wanted me on retainer like I'd never had a gig like that. They were like, we'll pay you whether you do anything or not. And sometimes weeks would go by and I'd be getting paid and that's cool. And then all of a sudden I'd get a call at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, like you got to go to Times Square right now. You know, I'm, you know, I've been asleep for three hours, you know, and like, you know, that, that kind of shit, you know, it was, it was, it was chaotic, but it was really exciting. You know, uh, I mean, I went really pretty cool places with him. Uh, I, we were at the Grammys I think it was the year after Biggie had been killed at the Grammys, you know, uh, I was with him. I was with Diddy at the Grammys the next year. And, you know, it was the first time I'd seen lots of people with guns and, you know, he had some pretty heavy protection around him and that was all pretty, pretty interesting. But um, that actually, there's a good DMB story in that, in that uh, Diddy's people just never, they, they weren't very great with details. So uh they're like okay we want you to shoot diddy at the grammys okay i said sounds great you know just that sounds awesome so i i i rode in the limo i i took photos of him in his hotel getting dressed i took photos of him in the in the limo on the way to the event you know and uh we get out red carpet just cameras flashing everywhere you know you know all the people from you know the 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 gossip shows that you've seen on tv you know everyone rushing up to him every star you've ever seen you know i'm just like snap 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 it was amazing walking down the red carpet snap 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 oh this is like unbelievable i'd never experienced anything like it we get to the door of the venue and they're like you can't come in you don't have a ticket you know and uh i'm like well 
he, I'm his photographer and I've been hired by him to come in and do this. You know, I'm not going to be able to do my job. Sorry, you don't have a ticket. So I was like, because they just didn't even think about how to get me into the venue. So I'm literally standing outside the venue at the fucking, um, at the, uh, at the, uh, I can't remember what, which venue it was, but, and I'm like, how am I going to get in? And I ran into uh, somebody from DMB's crew because uh, they were there uh, at the Grammys that year as well. And uh, so they got me in the door uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I managed to get the shot uh, where, where Diddy was presenting uh, a, a Grammy. And then of course they left me there as well. And I had to get my way back to the hotel um, <laughs> But that was, <laughs> but uh, I did, uh, I did a lot of really, I mean, you know, uh, he, he, he is an incredibly driven, uh, uh, um, innovative, wildly, you know, driven is the best thing I can say about him, you know, uh, uh, person, you know, he's just really uh, always thinking a mile a minute about everything, you know, so he's, it was really interesting, but I couldn't hack that for very long. I passed the gig on to another guy. Uh, my buddy Justin Jay, and then he did it for a quite a, a long time. He was much more suited for for that hang than I was. <clears throat> Man, I'm sure you have just an endless number of stories. Do, we love John Mayer. Do you have any any early John Mayer stories that are okay to tell? Um, I mean, I, I just you know, like I said, he was so articulate about what he was trying to do. I, I was really impressed with him at that period of time i remember but i remember we were shooting a little documentary thing about room for squares another epk and uh i remember he's like i'm 23 now do you want to follow me to 24 25 26 you know and i was like you know yeah yeah that sounds great you know and that was the last line of the epk but you know looking back on it now it's just so funny to like you know he's so young you know and just like you know but he but he he had he had such a he had such a way of um you know, just communicating with, with, with the audience that, that it was, um, was pretty cool. Um, yeah. other, I mean, you know, we, we did a lot of good stuff, all, all the stuff we did for any given Thursday, there was so many goofy little things, you know, he was like, let's do an audio. I don't know if you ever listened to the weird audio track that he did. Like, you know, when DVDs had mul multiple tracks and you could select different sure. audio. So oh, yeah. he did this whole sort of commentary track. Uh, he came no. into the stu studio one day and like he riffs on and busts his own chops on, about all kinds of stuff uh, throughout you know, throughout the the video or or just that thing about the USA Today. Do you remember the USA Today gag from the from the DVD? There was all kinds of weird, goofy little documentary moments where he's like, "This is how I read the USA Today." It's just it's just him being ridiculous with the USA Today <laughs> and making fun of the USA Today in hotel rooms and just. You know he's uh he's very funny i mean there's no there's no uh surprise that he's doing you know stand up and stuff like that he's a very very funny cat yeah have you done like anything yeah he is have you done anything with him um recently or no yeah no not recently but i but i chat with him sometimes i mean we're we're, we're like casually friendly and he's really supportive and nice and yeah but no i haven't worked with him Seems in a great. long time yeah <clears throat> Um, well, and one of my other favorite artists before we kind of get back to DMB, sorry, podcast fans, I know <laughs> we're, we're going off on everything else, but this guy has done way too much for us not to talk about it. Um, one of my other favorite artists, Trey Anastasio. I, I, mm -hmm. I know that you've worked some with him. I don't know to the extent um, how that came about. Were you ever around with Dave and Trey, you know, kind of expand mm -hmm. on him for a little bit because I love yeah. that guy. Um, 
uh, I worked with Trey in what turned out to be a you know sort of an unusual period of his career. You know, he 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 did that solo album Shine. Uh, he really was you know the you know the whole fish thing was kind of you know sort of I mean I wouldn't say dead obviously because it came back but it was you know kind of everyone was burned out and everyone was like not wanting to do it anymore and he wanted to do different kind of music and with you know and play with all kinds of different people so uh on that level it was interesting i had never seen uh an audit an artist do something where their fans were like mm, i'm not sure you know like it was it was and i think he took it really hard you know it wasn't fish you know and it was like but that being said uh I, I love that record. I think it's a great record. I went to Red Rocks with him and we did a, a concert DVD there uh, at Red Rocks. And that was really cool. And I did the Shine music video and, uh, and uh, you know, I took a great photo of him in Central Park that is still one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ever pictures that I've ever taken of, of anybody. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this shot of him sitting. He's sitting on a rock in Central Park. We were trying to film a little opening sequence to the video for Shine. I had a Super 8 camera. I was like, <sighs> and I was taking pictures of him and he was playing his guitar and there was this group of little kids up on the other side of the rock and uh, they kept coming over and, you know, they were maybe four or five and peeking at him and then he'd pretend he didn't see him and then he'd turn around and go, Gah! he'd strum his guitar loud and, and they would all run away and then they would come creeping back over and that, that happened a few times and I got this just really uh, great great shot of him uh, doing that. And I, I, I really like Trey. I mean, I think he's an incredible musician. I think he's a, a wonderful guy. Uh, and and uh, I got to go and spend some time up in the barn there and watch him record some uh, Trey Anastasio band stuff. Sure. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, um, but I, I haven't worked, I never worked with Fish, the band. And, you know, that was sort of a, a kind of a one-off in a way for me, but, but uh, it was really, really great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for indulging me on that one. That's cool. No and going up to yeah. the barn is, is awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Okay. DMB time sure. uh, or I should say Dave and Tim time. So okay. radio city. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite DVDs, I know me, me and Bruce used to me watch too. it me too. all the time. <laughs> I mean, when it, one, we were bummed that we couldn't go to the show. Yeah. I think we were, well, we were maybe 18. high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just an all-time DVD. Can you just kind of, I mean, walk us through that, how that came to be? And mm. I saw a quote where you said it was like one of the proudest moments of your career. Like, yeah, you know, yeah what does yeah. it mean to you? Um, well, I mean, uh, one, obviously just to be uh, sitting in a, in a booth and being like i'm directing something at radio city was was pretty really really cool for me that year 2007 i got to direct at radio city and i got to direct at the garden uh that was uh cool but um uh that dvd you know fenton and i collaborated on that uh mm -hmm. fenton and i were sort of co-directors co-creative producers on that uh and uh you know, he had a really great lighting scheme set up, but you know, the, the, what was special about that was we were like, I, I don't know you've, you guys have been to, you've been to Radio City now. You, it actually has one of the hugest stages I've ever seen. I mean, it's a stunningly large deck, like vastly, <laughs> like too large for the actual, you know yeah. what I mean? It has a bigger stage than most stadiums have when a band plays, you know what yeah, I mean? It's huge. And, and then there you've got two guys on stools, you know, on this, 
ginormous concrete stage. You know, it was like, wow, what the fuck are we going to do here? <laughs> and uh, but Fenton had this friend. God, I wish I could remember all oh, his name is now. But if uh, the, the, the set designer was a, was a buddy of Fenton's and a very successful set designer. So it was sort of embarrassing that I'm not recalling his name at the moment. But um, I um, I uh, we he was like, I got an idea. He's like downstairs in, in the basement of Radio City, they keep all of the stuff that they have for other, you know, things during the year. He's like, let's go ask if we can use it. So, and they, so they let us pull all this crazy shit out of the, out of the bowels of, of Radio City, you know, old set designs and old, and we incorporated a lot of like, um, practical stuff, just like cases and ladders and fans. And just, you know, we were just like, we made this sort of, and then, and then I took a bunch of my photos and projected them on the back wall, photos of like landscapey type things, not, not musicians or anything like that, just sort of to create a, on that huge brick back wall. We projected a lot of these images that I had taken onto the back of it. And Fenton did a beautiful, beautiful lighting job. And, uh, and then we also had a really, one of the things that I really love is that we had a camera on a, on a circular track around the back of them sort of doing like a, a dolly around the back of, uh, of them as they played. So you get these beautiful, soft tracking shots where you're seeing them in sort of profile and you see the crowd and you see that arcing space behind them and the cameras. And, you know, it's just, you know, that kind of, that kind of those moments that you can create when you really, uh, you know, put a lot of effort into what it looks like and what it feels like and what, it, you know, just going back to why concert films are so great. Um, that was- I love a, those- those slow pans from behind, especially when yeah. you would like kind of, it would sneak behind some of the random shit that y'all were talking about that you put on stage. Mm -hmm. It's almost yeah, like exactly. you have someone just playing kind of like, through the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That was so that, cool. Yeah. That was very, that was very creative. I like that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then we did some documentary stuff for that as well. Uh, and that was really fun. And um, yeah. Love that DVD. And, and it was some kind of, I got to go to some award ceremony for like, it was the best HD music film of whatever year that was. Ever. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Is was... there a moment from that show that sticks out to you that you remember? Like for me, it's the performance. The of bartender. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I was just, you know, just when he's, yeah. you know, he's wailing on that opening of that, just the way it begins. I love the beginning of that. Yes. Uh, yeah, that long droney beginning and then that big whale. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that was a great show. They were on fire that whole tour. I don't, I'm sure that if you ask them, that was probably not the best show that they played the whole tour. It never, you know, it's, you know, but it was mm -hmm. a great show and they mixed it. They, that was the other thing is that that audio mix on that is, is, is really stunning as well. So the whole, just the whole, it looks and sounds, you know, unbelievable. <clears throat> Tim's one note solo on the yes, liner yes, as a, I think it was a bet. <laughs> People are losing their minds. Yeah, that was that was really fun. That was so fun. good. Uh, just just an incredible DVD. So well yeah, well fun. done on that. And thank thank you. you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that was sort of my I was sort of actually my re-entry point into DMB world. I had been kind of you know from like 98, 99 to two thousand seven. I hadn't really been on the on the scene in terms of shooting and and stuff. I'd been doing a lot of the other stuff that we were we were talking about mm -hmm. um and so then that kind of that sort of kicked off a a, a new a, another sort of you know bout of uh creative projects that were um i'm sure we'll talk about them
it was a renaissance. It was the Sam Erickson <laughs> renaissance. It was his comeback tale. And I mean, no one's had a better comeback than the Dave and Tim Radio City music, uh, that DVD. <laughs> I was wondering, though, so you answered the question, though, what happened, you know, what was going on in between if you did anything with Dave or the band and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, you were kind of busy <laughs> being on retainer and and helping kick off John Mayer's career. Um, obviously, he owes it all to you, all of that good stuff. So yeah, lead us into that. And so out of Radio City, uh, obviously everyone loves that. Um, and I'm sure most people know what you did next. Um, the Big Whiskey, Road to Big Whiskey mm. documentary, mm. made huge multi-part, um, mm. in-depth documentary that spanned so much of the band and, um, you know, had a lot of, I mean, th there's a lot to unpack yeah. with that documentary because yeah, a lot yeah, happened sure. to them. It was, yeah, it was an emotionally wrenching time, you know, good and bad, you know, it was like the highest of highs, the saddest of sad, you know, it was a really quite a, again, a remarkable time to re, re-encounter the band, you know, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Roy passing and, 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 and you're right in the middle of the making of that record and, and just, uh, and then finishing it and, and, and it being such a great record too. I mean, that is a really, uh, a really great record. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I, I mean, keep riffing, man, keep going. But really, I guess the question that I was going to was going to be, you know, were you approached prior to Roy passing? Um, what, you know, was the project on its, you know, getting going yet, um, or did that kind of really kind of, you know, when they went back to New Orleans, did that really kind of get you back on track? Hey, we're going to do this big thing. You know, how did uh, that yeah. just come I, together? I, I kind of came into that midstream, actually, you know, um, they had been filming, you know, on their own, you know, they basically had their own crew doing their own stuff at that point, you know, which you makes really good sense obviously uh you have your people that you trust and that are with you and that you know so they were shooting that already uh and then uh you know roy passed and and uh and um i'm just trying to remember the, the chronology of how this all went down i i got kind of brought into that road to big whiskey thing because they were like we really want to do a big documentary it all kind of happened in a in a i can't remember exactly well, I mean, I, I don't even know, you know, at that time, it was just like, what, you know, what's going to, you know, the long term future of the band, there were so many like questions about what was, you know, so at some point, again, uh, somebody from management called and was like, you know, we'd love you to helm this thing for us, we've already gotten it going, they had already shot some of the interviews, they had shot all the stuff in the studio. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think, because I had been at, I had been at, um, I was at the Gorge that year. I was at that show right after the first show they played back after Roy passed. And I think maybe that's when we started talking about that because I, I just can't, I'm so sorry. I can't remember the exact oh, chronology, cool. but, but anyway, uh, eventually uh, it was just, you know, Hey, Sam, we really need you to, to come in and, and kind of meld this into something that 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 the band's going to like that the fans are going to like that the you know that and that's going to tell a great story and do justice to the moment that we're in you know and uh so uh like i said obviously it was a great record obviously it was it was a moment where the band really rose to an occasion 
you know, just in an unbelievable way. I mean, I just never been prouder of people than, than then, you know, when it was like, you know, how are we going to carry on? And, 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 you know, coming out with that record then was really quite a, a quite an achievement, you know, in, in, in my estimation. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously a lot of the material was stuff that I knew well to make that, but then there was lots of stuff that had happened in the intervening years that I was just handed, you know, and I was making, you know, you know, and then uh, I did new interviews with everybody. I went out on the road a bit with them during that period of time. I went out to Vegas and I went to Phoenix and I went, I can't remember all the places I went, uh, did more interviews. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I am really uh, very proud of how that turned out. It, 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 again, it's sort of a shame to me in a way that like these stations don't even exist anymore. You know, it's like, you know, no one who's going to do something with that now, you know, it's like a, you know, it's what a cool film, you know, I, I wish we could figure out how to like, I mean, I know now with all these streaming platforms that you would think that they would be able to find a way to kind of take some of these, you know, things and, and, and get them out there in a way that is, because uh, right now you can watch it on YouTube, but it looks like ass, you know, obviously, and it, you know, whatever, but like, yeah. um, to be on nugs. Yeah, something, I, you know, I got to talk to somebody. I got to talk to somebody somewhere. It was, was Fuse. Fuse? Yeah, that was yeah. Fuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it was like, to me, it was like making this great thing. And, you know, obviously a lot of people have seen it, but mm -hmm. it could be, you know, I think it could be, you know, some of these materials we could figure out how to, how to, to get them out there better. <clears throat> I'm sure. Absolutely. Do you think, uh, I mean, was this one of the more challenging things you've had to, had to do? That and project? Is it, oh yeah. God. Yeah. 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 I mean, raw, you know, raw, I mean, it's just a tough time, you know, yeah. like I said, it's both a, a incredibly creatively, gratifying time and a really emotionally you know fraught time and uh and uh you know just you know you just running the gamut of you know all the possible emotions that you can you know imagine from you know having a lifelong you know or you know yeah. career-long bandmate and friend and you know and you know integral part of the of the group mm -hmm. uh you know kind of passing away like that and and just you know the the shock and the, all the stuff that happens after that and the, and the tributes and the, you know, it was just like, wow, it was really emotionally quite intense. And so, yeah, but that, I think in the end, you can just tell again, I mean, that moment where, where David announces the Roy's passing at in LA, that footage, I mean, I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with that footage, you know, but just like, I, I, I just cannot believe that he actually played that show that night. You know, that, yeah. that is, I think one of the most admirable and incredible things that, that of many admirable and cool things that he's done. Uh, that was quite a, quite an achievement just to get out there and, and, and do that was, was, was really amazing. <clears throat> Another great bartender opener. <laughs> oh, is that show yeah. open? Yeah. 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 That's um, an intense version for sure. Um, I have a couple of follow-ups about, about this is it i'm guessing like you had access you said they gave you a bunch of footage do you like you get access to the archive like you know they're in the studio from 06 and like how does that the kind yeah. of the, yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean i know all the people that run their archive and i know mm -hmm. you know the management and so if i need something like oh wouldn't it be great if we had some if they're if it's there sure they'll they'll dig it up and they'll yeah. they'll send it to me you know but uh um yeah yeah, it would so, be great. Get more of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Part of that is there's like a clip that the fan base always talks about from Vegas. Like you mentioned, you were there where Dave is in the studio with Cavallo. 
yeah, he's yeah. talking about the oh the fans are crazy about the number 40 the definitive yeah. lyrics from the yoshi's show in 95 and, and i can't even was, remember them yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. like what are moments like that for you? I think he played like Sugar Will too or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was trying, all like mold. Yeah. No, I was saying he was trying to, I think, you know, kind of finish a couple of songs that he knew people wanted to hear. But, but yeah, he is saying like, yeah, that one song. Yeah. When the, I mean, this is what you guys as fans, sometimes you don't realize. And I didn't realize until, like you said, you were around for events like this. Something that can be so formative for you is still a moment in time in someone else's life that they are just like, oh, that happened once. And I said, whatever the fuck I said in some club in San Francisco and, you know, 20 years ago. And for you guys, it's like, oh yeah, I know every note of that. I know every word of that, but like, you know, it's not the same for them, you know, because yeah. they are living their lives. You know, they are, time is passing for them. Just like, you know, you're not going to remember some shit that you did when you were 18. Right. I mean, right. It's like, uh, not that he was 18. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Just from, yeah. the, random seemingly you know kind of one-off things don't necessarily so it's just a funny thing fans can assume oh yeah of course he's gonna remember that because i know it so well but no yeah. you know not really <clears throat> are you though like when you're if you're in the room or you're filming that or you see the footage you're like oh this is gonna be gold <laughs> are you fanboying? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess i mean i remember when he said that i mean i remember thinking that was you know i'm you know uh, I remember that moment when he said that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, I, 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 uh, I would say at that period of time, there was more remove. It wasn't quite as, you know, it wasn't all so new. It was a different time. You know, we were all professionals then, you know what I mean? I was a professional yeah. with my own, you know, my own production company and crew. And it was like, hello, or, you know, not, we were still, everyone's still friends, but it just wasn't the same kind of just like, well, you know hang you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so it's just different you know the way you work together is different you know and uh and all that nolan i'm glad you brought up that sugar will because that's something that you know you were privy to you're privy to something that fans have wanted for a long time that's a great song uh that they did and there they are working or dave at least and they have a cut of it dave's working on it in the studio you've been privy to probably a lot of those moments are there any others that maybe stand out or is that is it good? Is it a good studio version? Like everyone wants yeah, to yeah. know. Well, yeah, like um, because that we're still head, waiting for that. Like that Mac head thing. We, you know, that uh, thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the when I was in that early time of uh, shooting in Sausalito before, uh, right when they had shipped me that camera, and I didn't know I was making a show for MTV or anything. I just had this video camera, and uh, they started playing uh, a song I had never heard before, and I was, you know, videotaping it and. Uh, David's making up crazy lyrics and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and then, and then obviously there's that photo that I took of all the sort of song names and, and it's on there, you know, and it's like, yes. you did it. Yeah. But, but, you know, that never got, that's another one of those things. If, if you asked him how that song went, he, how he would have no idea probably how that, how that, although I, I should probably tell him, I mean, how cool would it be if we could get him to finish that one for a for a for a 25th anniversary? Yeah. But that is not I have not heard anyone say that, but I'm just saying that's, the, that's the kind breaking of breaking news. Yeah, no, I am not breaking any news, but I'm just saying that would be the kind of thing that would be really cool for uh, you know, for for an anniversary to come that out would with be like amazing. A, another track, you know, that that was was tracked in those days and not released, you know. <clears throat> um it's a lovely little song. I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they think of it, if it, they still like it or anything, you know, so, but, um, 
but yeah, so moments like that are really cool, you know, or, um, you know, I, uh, I also realized later on when I was watching footage many years later, I, I don't think I included this in the MTV thing. There's a moment where Dave turns to Steve and he's like, you know, they're discussing, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I think it's last stop where the, the song goes phase down and then fades back up many, many, many seconds like at later do you know what i'm talking like where he, he he talks to steve and he's like i have an idea i'm gonna do you know like i was like i, ha I had no idea that that was on you know captured on uh on videotape you know there's some cool you know little nuggets that we could uh probably expand upon if if given the opportunity that's cool i'll, I'll make the call i'll make sure that they can get, the call <laughs> and get that get that out there um but yeah also make the call on sugarwell i want to oh man that'd be so cool I, I think that that's like that's the thing at this point with the band being 35 almost or however many years into this that they 30 years 30 years mind, mind boggling but how many of those um you know studio moments where they're working on songs that people still are wanting you know to hear on an album or hear on a collection of songs um and you know you had a front row seat for for some of yeah. that stuff and I think now i will say uh, you guys probably know better than me what's so you know like i am no longer like super attuned to the fan base you know in terms of like which sure. tracks would they love to you know or which ver you know like I'm no, you know, I'm not as ingrained as I was to know that, you know, so you probably know better than me what, what people are looking to. Uh, oh, what, even what, things that we don't know about. They right. have jams and stuff like, you know, and we've been lucky to hear some of those that aren't even necessarily out there. There have been things that have been leaked, but things that aren't necessarily leaked for mass consumption. Um, and some of that stuff is like, man, that is that music is unbelievable. How is this not a song? And mm. I think that, you know, watching mm. guys riff like that would be. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah, makes that's... them so great. The, the, yeah. the fact that they can, you know, spontaneously create things is what makes them or just spontaneously change familiar things into something new uh, is what makes them such a unique musical experience, you know, uh, and they've never lost that, you know, that's, and that's why you guys keep coming back. You know, that's, uh, they're a remarkable yeah. band to be able to be that, agile and that you know nimble and and you know that in the moment you know after 30 years of playing you know what would you know these songs but they're like they some of those songs are totally different songs than when they were first you know uh you know released they've just you know changed or grown or um yeah it's, that's why you guys are still here making this podcast is because they can do shit yep. like that absolutely <clears throat> um I, one more question about the studio before we jump to the europe dvd when you're like when you were in there for BTCS or when you were doing the Big Whiskey documentary, do you feel like you're like a friend of the band or do you feel like you're there like to do a job? Is it hard to find a balance? And then like, especially when you're interviewing, I mean, I'm yeah, sure yeah. it makes them more comfortable. But how, how does that feel? You're absolutely it's such a fascinating question. And, and I, I had moments where I struggled with that, you know, um, you know, when you're friends with somebody and then it's a working relationship, it always, there are always times when it gets like, oh, which hat am I wearing right now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're sitting down to interview somebody, you got to try to not be the friend guy. You got to try to be somebody that has an idea for what you're hoping your subject's going to say and how to lead them to that place or give them the space to say what you're hoping that they'll say or, you know, mm -hmm. just provoke 
an interesting response by, you know, I mean, the advantage of knowing somebody is the intimacy with which you can come at a question or you have a greater, you know, more thorough knowledge of who a person is. And that's really great. Uh, but you can't be too buddy, buddy, or it, you don't get anything beyond yuck, yuck. You know what I mean? You don't get anything beyond whatever, you know, like you and your buddies hanging out, you know, nobody yeah. wants to watch a film of you and your buddies hanging out really, unless you're the Rolling Stones or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a great question, and and I the the answer is uh, the the nature of our relationship grew, uh, you know, from a just a friendship to a professional relationship to a relationship that kind of was back to just being friends for a while in those early two thousands years, and then a kind of second phase of working with them again, and now it's kind of more like you know, we're friends and I also am working on the label side. And so it's, you know, it's a different, it, it, relationships are always evolving, but but there mm -hmm. is no group of individuals uh, that I care more about, you know, than the members of that band and the management and, and the crew. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the, the longevity and the consistency and the, you know, just the way that they value the relationships of the people around them. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I'll never forget all the great, opportunities that they uh, helped me achieve and uh, I'll always be in their corner and you know wanting to to you know see the best for them and help them what in whatever way I can would love to see more of that absolutely yeah um, definitely and and so and Nolan did allude where we'll move on to the next thing which is pretty much like the next year it is 2009 big whiskey mm. has been released they go on basically a world tour mm -hmm. and you're asked again to tag along for something and it's actually um and i don't know really what the overall consensus is amongst the fan base just because some people got burned out on the big whiskey tour you know this that and the other sound is changing uh, mm -hmm. they're more of a big so many horns band yeah, yeah, Horn, yeah, yeah exactly electric guitar so yeah, it's yeah. it's a big different sound. Yeah. Um, but you were tasked with another project in one yeah. of the coolest venues in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, love that venue. I mean, rip, go. Tell us the no, I mean, how I had shot there once before. I'd actually awesome. done a, a I'd done a good Charlotte uh concert DVD uh oh. there like in 2003 or four or something at, at Brixton Academy. So I knew that room really well. Um and I loved I loved seeing them in a in a size club like that. It, you know, made it feel more like a rock, you know, like a rock and roll club show than it did feel like a big stadium show. And I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. Um, I you know um, I'm just trying to think of what my memories were. I mean, it was cool going to London and finding I had to really put together an English crew. I had never really you know worked you know I didn't bring people over that time and. So that was kind of interesting was finding new uh, new folks. The the guy that was supposed to shoot Carter showed up with shorts on, you know, he was going to be on the stage and he, and he had these white, white, bright, white legs and he had shorts on. And we were just like, dude, like, I think we had to go buy him sweatpants or something. You know, it was just funny things like that. Uh, but we did a, a similar thing. We built a, we built that semicircular track again because, I again, I wanted to look out at that room of, of, of people uh, and uh, I'm just trying to remember. I mean, I I loved it, but I I do remember that there was some like fan grumbling about like you know if I hear seven again, you know sure. like what? Well, I loved all those songs, man. I you know again I had been away from the band for a while, and then I was like I got really immersed in that record. I loved why I am. I loved you know uh, 
you know, that, that sounded like, you know, it didn't sound like DMB in the way that for sure, the way that you, uh, you know, think of them from, you know, 1998 or whatever, but, uh, I think anyone would go nuts. So if they had to sort of feel they had to play the same music in the same way all the, all the time. So, uh, you know, do remember that there was some sort of, you know, but whatever, man, I love that piece. Uh, you know, and it was part of a, a really cool package. The whole package I thought was really nice. Uh, oh, it's, that, in, it's incredible. The, the uh, cinematography production, I'm not, I'm not sure. You and know, Taylor Crothers' that... photos, Taylor was also out there. Yes. Doing, yeah. And so Taylor did a really wonderful book of photos there. So that was really cool for, for both of us. Both of us had been away from the band for a while, you know, Taylor okay. and, and I, you know, it was great to have, you know, it felt like an old school DMB reunion, but with all this new material and uh, yeah. Well, some of the shots, it seemed like that you had used had learned some from Radio City, some of the behind mm -hmm. the band shots. Mm -hmm. But there was a there was a uh, there was a patience, I feel like, in that um, in that DVD that that you or um, your crew that they really you kind of honed in on the right people at the right time. Oh, good, beautiful good. shots of the fans. Um, it wasn't like, and I, and I told Nolan, just the Folsom Field DVD from 01. Yeah, it's like yeah, and it is it's yeah, yeah. just ridiculous. But yeah. um, this one is, you're right, the intimacy, the, uh, you know, you feel like that you're standing on stage with Carter right beside him um, yeah. or inching closer to Jeff as he's about to have a, a solo. It's just, I know that it's a beautiful room to shoot in, but y'all did just an incredible job was, was it something that you purposefully did did you have any different strategies or i mean was i just, it just yeah I, I knew what i i knew <laughs> thank you i i knew what i was doing finally <laughs> i guess that's yeah. what i would say <laughs> I, uh in terms of you know just like plotting cameras and 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 knowing okay you know i you know so, some of the earlier career stuff that i did i was just like you know this is new and i'm gonna do my best and i'm gonna launch myself into this and then once you do a few of them and you know, okay, I know now we're like these camera positions. I'd shot in that room before, you know? Uh, and then I was like, okay, I need to chart these songs. I know these songs. I know when the horns are going to come. I'm going to have somebody, you know, you know, and again, it's not. And the cool thing about that is not that it's just goes to the person, but often it's can lead someone to the person, you know, is when mm -hmm. it becomes really, when you start to feel like, you're being led around the music visually uh, is when that stuff is really great. And you don't feel like you're getting cut, 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 you know, and, and, and you're, you know, th that is actually not immersive when you're just cutting too fast yeah. and you're, and you're, you know, you, you're never anywhere long enough to feel like there you are. You know what I mean? Uh, so, that. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was just, I think if for what, for whatever you're noticing about the fact that the music was, uh, was, was nicely covered and, and you were following along was was a combination, like I said, of just me having more experience about how to position cameras, and then also having a great editor, uh, who really loved the music as well. And you know, and again, filmmaking like that is massively collaborative. I mean, thirty you have thirty people working on you know from shooters to runners to you know lighting people to you know whatever, and you know it's you really the good ones are because people know what they're doing and like working together, and and there's that kind of you know, supportive, we're all in this together kind of vibe. <clears throat> I think we'd be a terrible podcast if we didn't ask how, how, you know, in a project like this, you know, it's coming. How long does it take you to prep once you get in the room? Like what does the lead into the show? Do you have a couple of days you have to shoot? Do you shoot a sound check songs to get used to everything, get used to everyone? How does that 
come together? Uh, yeah, usually there's like a run through at sound check and you, you know, you have a moment to kind of block things out a little bit, but not, not much. I mean, you, you know, maybe sometimes you go see the show the night before, if there is a show, I don't think there was one in that case. Uh, uh, so that, that wasn't really possible. Um, but yeah, otherwise you just, you better know the music and know who's going to play, especially with that band when you, you know, you, you know, the sound can be coming from all over the place, you know, the lead can be coming from all over the place. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you, uh, but yeah, but there would be a sound check. There'd be a prep meeting. There'd be uh, chatting with the band. What are they going to, you know, what are they, how do they want to come out? You know, what are they, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And then, and then away you go, you know, and then it's fun. Then you're just in it and you three hours go by and then you're like, Oh, it's over. What, what? You know? <laughs> it's like you're in the band. You're an extension of the band. You you're yeah. riffing along with them and jamming. That was, and that was the first out. time I ever sat in a big truck actually for, for uh, Europe. That was interesting. I had never been the guy to sit in the truck and be like, oh. like, that was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> like I was like, you know, uh, you know, camera three, camera two, you know, you're calling the cameras, you're switching, you know, that was like, whoa, that was really cool. Um, I had never, I had never really done it with a truck like that before. <clears throat> That's awesome. Did you, I mean, could you have imagined when the band called you in to take some photos during under the table that you'd be directing <laughs> concert video? And I, I mean, your career, did you see that coming at all? No, no. If I could say I saw that coming, if you had told me when I was 23 or four that that would have happened to me, I would have been like, what? Uh, so no, I, uh, no, it's always, I'm always, in fact, I am literally pinching myself uh, right now. Um, I am always amazed and, you know, pleased to think that, you know, uh, I managed to sort of tag along on something like that and, 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 uh, you know, and, and have it, you know, open up this great world for me. It's really a, you know, unbelievable thing. That's gotta be a cool feeling of seeing the band and your career kind of take off at the same in, time. In tandem. Same absolutely. 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 Unbelievable. In incredible experience. And like I said, I, I think I, it gave me a very warped experience, you know, sort of view of the music business for a while. Cause then I'd have a few bands that I loved and I work with and like did great photos and did, you know, and like, just didn't happen you know you know you're like oh that doesn't happen to everybody you know and, and, uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i caught lightning in a bottle a few times you know and that was fabulous what's rapid uh, rapid fire questions i gotta go rapid fire okay all right um all right let's jump into it favorite dmb song man okay i mean i was thinking about this you know i when, when i first used to go hear them play i just i love them a lot. i'm a melody guy so mm -hmm. I'll back you up used to kill me always. I would love when he'd come out and sing that one. It just is a, it's just a beautiful song. I, I, I love that song. Last Stop as a, you know, as one of the big rock songs. I just, I love the inventiveness of that song. I, I love the message of that song. I, I like, I, I was there when they were tracking it. You know, I, it was I, very precious to me. And I love Why I Am for some reason. I, I, that song always, uh, I, I just dig that tune. <laughs> Favorite album. Uh, I have to say before these crowded streets, I, I'd be crazy if I said anything else, you know, that I, I lived and breathed, lived and breathed that album, you know, for months, months, a year, really. I mean, you know, from when I, you know, I, I that record, I feel very, very, very close to. And, and that's my favorite record. <clears throat> favorite live release. Oh, favorite live release. Um, 
Hmm. Oof. I guess the Dave and Tim Radio City one. I mean, that again, that's precious to me. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, again, that's my own personal thing. I'm 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 being a real homer here for my own work, but uh, you know. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Favorite venue, and it could be to shoot at that you've attended. Doesn't have to be DMB, but sure. yeah, favorite venue. I mean, yeah, I mean, all, I've been to all the great ones, you know, uh, or all the classic ones. I, I love Alpine. I think Alpine's a really, really uh, cool spot. Uh, I was only there once, but I, I really liked it. Uh, I love the Gorge. I guess you know the Gorge is 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 pretty pretty special, and yeah. uh, Red Rocks is cool, but I don't like it as a a venue to see music in that much actually i love the space but i, I don't think it's it's a terrible place to shoot actually it's a really weird place to shoot interesting so okay. vertical everything's so vertical you're oh, shooting yeah. down on everything it's, it's yeah. weird huh uh <clears throat> favorite show you were at not radio city um and, and i i feel strange calling this favorite because it was you know it was so sad but that show right after roy passed and that first show mm. back i think was if not favorite you know the most incredible emotionally yeah. intense show that I was at was, and the tribute, I helped make a, f a little tribute videos, you know, Fenton and I, and I don't remember. Oh, who, yeah. Made a little of, you know, and it was a lot of my photos of Roy and, and uh, it was a, you wow. know, just, it was a beautiful, I mean, it was a, just a goose pimply moment when that video played and, and there was tears everywhere. And then that, you know, the show was incredible and yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that, that was, I guess, Gorge 2008, mm -hmm. night one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> do you have a favorite song performance that you've, that you've seen at a show mm, that stands out? Mm, mm. I love 41 always, you know, I guess as a live track. I feel like if in my mind's eye, if I'm at a Dave Matthews concert, that's what's playing. So I, I remember numerous, uh, I don't have a single favorite but i have numerous memories of just loving 41 live uh what was the last show you went to uh it was at the garden in november oh excellent 2021 oh, okay. so very recent nice. very recent yeah. mm -hmm. well hopefully hopefully you'll get to go maybe again this year um mm -hmm. hint hint to everybody uh so do you have uh, i've got just really one more do you have a uh favorite memory or a moment with the band member that really sticks out to you that will, you may or may not have a photo of it, but your mind's eye has that photo of. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, we were with, uh, in that European tour and, uh, you know, we were meeting all these people uh, that, um, you know, I, were blowing my mind, you know, the Bob Dylans and the Neil Youngs and all this, and everyone was into it, but, and, you know, Carter was like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, Neil Young, you know, uh, Bob Dylan, that's cool. You know, and then he ran into this guy in the hotel lobby. I think the guy's name was Poochie Bell. It was some, it was a drummer, some, some legendary. And he, he, you know, like I said, he couldn't have cared that much about Neil Young or Bob Dylan, but when he saw Poochie Bell, he ended up and just watching those guys talk drums and, and just, you know, just, and I was like, that's Carter, you know, like, uh, you know, I should look that guy up and see what his actual name is because I'm probably butchering it. Oh, I also butchered something earlier. <laughs> the person that called me, I don't know how we're going to fix this. The person that called me was not Bruce Floor. 
uh, about the EPK when I was in the studio and they sh it was um, it was Hugh Surratt who was uh, who was an RCA executive at the time. So I'm sorry, Bruce and Hugh, that I mixed you up. But Hugh Surratt <laughs> uh, has uh, I, and I actually I saw him at that show in November and I said, you probably don't realize it, but you kind of like launched my film career, you know, because like I just remember that day you're like, do you know what an EPK is? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. He's like, well, I'm going to ship you a camera and I'm going to tell you what an EPK is and maybe you can try to make something like that. And I was like, you don't even understand like how that, you know, moment, you know, kind of was just like a, a launching a launching pad. So that was a, a, a cool thing. <clears throat> so sorry, Hugh, that I got it wrong the first time, but uh, you can maybe we can figure out how to fix that. OK, two more really quick photo or video. Ooh, like like which one do I like more? Yeah. Photography is pure. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, in a way, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't capture bullshit on film. You know, you, you capture what's in front of you. You know, sometimes you can bullshit in video. You know, you can say something that you don't mean. You can. Uh, I love them both. And, 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 but I think if I had to pick one or the other, I'd go with still photography. I like that. I like that answer. Um, OK, anything you want to plug other than if it's not DMB related or whatever? No, I mean, if anyone. On? No, I'm, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, again, I work for Sony Music. I create video content for all sorts of different artists. Uh, and I, you know, I just uh, do a lot of the same kind of things I used to do for bands, but I just do that inside of Sony Music. So it's not, but it's not really like huge project related. It's a lot of, you know, oh, you were going to, this is the difference 10 to 15 years ago. You know, the media landscape, you were, that was a question you had on your, you know, when I first started making uh, content about artists, mm -hmm. what they called short form was like 10 minutes. And what they called long form was like an hour. You know, now 90 seconds is long form. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, really? How the fuck am I supposed to tell you anything that's going to be meaningful? You know, but like, that's the fucking world we live in. You know, I mean, we, you know, I guess we all just have a uh, minuscule little intention spans these days from our phones and shit, but uh, yeah. you know, sh you know, what 90 seconds. That's so long. I hear that all the time, you know, like in meetings, I'm like, wow, that kind of, that kind of blows my mind. But uh, I can't even remember the question you asked me. Oh, anything you're working on. That <laughs> oh, right. Should be on the That's what I work on. I work on lots of really short videos for Sony Music. <laughs> uh, and then, but no, okay. But I will say that uh, to circle back around, a lot of stuff that, I, that I've done is now up for 20-year anniversaries, 25-year anniversaries. So I often just get called, hey, you were in the studio with Train, right? Yeah, I was there when they did Drops of Jupiter. Here's a bunch of photos that I took 20 years ago. You know, it's, it's pretty cool for me now. It's like yeah. a whole second look. Shit that's been sitting in my basement for literally 20 years. I'm like, somebody all of a sudden wants to look at this again, you know? And so uh, there's a lot of that happening, you know, 20 anniversaries, 25-year anniversaries. So I also get, uh, I, you know, and since most of my work was for Sony back in those days, uh, I, I often get pulled into that kind of stuff. So that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to follow my Instagram, it's Sam Erickson 44. Uh, I think a lot of people from the DMB fan community do already, but, uh, and hopefully I'll get you some photos that we can match with some of this, uh, some of this video to give a little, uh, visual flavor to what we're talking about. And, uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It was really fun. No, thank oh, you thank so you. much. And, uh, we, we went way, way, way over the time and that we, that we thought, but we can't interrupt Sam when he's going on these epic stories. So that was All good. You're All so good. gracious. 
And um, we hope to see your name associated with the DMB project very, very soon. That would be incredible. Um, yep. So fingers crossed from everyone in the DMB fan base and the music scene in general, because they're all owe a debt of gratitude to you, Sam. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thanks and, for everyone who watches this stuff and gets so into it. I mean, it provides yeah. endless entertainment for me to know that stuff I've done is appreciated by other people. And it's a wonderful uh, symbiotic relationship. So thanks to everybody for for appreciating it and enjoying it cheers yeah, to love attention spans <laughs> yes, yes exactly long yes. form yes. all right exactly. guys thank, thank you, you sam that was really fun see you later bye all right bye I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.